Hey, chiropractors and marketers. We are ready for another modern chiropractic marketing show with Dr. Kevin Christie, where we discuss the latest in marketing strategies, content marketing, direct response marketing, and business development with some of the leading experts in the industry. Welcome to another episode of the Modern Chiropractic Marketing Show. This is your host, Dr. Kevin Christie, and today I'm bringing an interview with Dr. Sebastian Gonzalez. You may have heard the previous podcast I had with him. Uh, he's a doctor out in California who I've known for probably the last 10 years, and we've both been on this kind of content marketing for our practices mission, and he's someone that I always refer to who's doing it the right way and doing a really good job of it. And today we're going to discuss, is a podcast in your community to serve your local community a good way to market your practice and get yourself out there and build authority and a network and reciprocity and content? There's a lot of different variables we talk about and we dive into some of the technologies of it, some of the fear of it. And I think it's a really good interview and he gives a lot of good insights into his podcast. His is one where... It started community-based for patients, and then it transcended that a little bit, and he's had some interviews for doctors to listen to, and I know a lot of our colleagues that do listen to his podcast, so his podcast has kind of done both. You don't need to do that. Obviously, my podcast here is more for just for chiropractors, so it's not a community-based one, but I think the idea is a legitimate one, and the technologies out there now not to, so it's not so difficult and we dive into that and it's a, it's a really nice interview he's always bringing good information probably have him on a handful more times throughout the throughout the years before we dive into that I had a really good weekend this past weekend in in Chicago Lombard with the school there and it was through the Motion Palpation Institute they do a cool sports symposium each year and they do it on a specific uh, like this year was the shoulder and a bunch of clinical stuff on Saturday and Sunday, mostly students, some doctors, I think there's 120, they cap it up. And then on the Friday night, we do a business insights and I co-presented with Dr. Rich Ohm on some marketing and he, he dove into kind of the grassroots marketing, getting out there in a the community it was really good information. I think it's still the best way to build your practice from the ground up. And then I followed that discussing a lot of content marketing, messaging, and obviously some social media. And it was just a, a really good time, really enjoyed it, went over well. And it was a fun experience to get back into Motion Palpation Institute. I, If you're listening to this, I, I really encourage you to go to some of their seminars, whether it's the adjusting ones or some of the rehab-based ones. They just do an amazing job of turning docs into great clinicians, even if you've been out for a while. Like I... I went through MPI through school and then early parts of being in practice. And then, then I kind of dove into a lot of the ART and Graston and things like that and TPI. But going back and I sat in on all the classes on the weekend, I learned a ton. And so it's definitely encouraged me to, to get back to some of that. So had a great weekend, you know, just exciting, everything going on, a lot of travel. It's fun meeting a lot of good colleagues and stuff. So I was really excited about that. All right, so let's dive into this interview. This is Dr. Sebastian Gonzalez, chiropractor, has a great following on his social media, does a really good job of content marketing, and you're going to learn a lot. All right, welcome to the show, Doc. I really 
appreciate your time. I know this is probably the third or fourth time you've been on one of my podcasts. And then today's an interesting one is we're podcasting about podcasting. So it's a little, a little meta today, but uh, introduce yourself to our audience and then also let them know about your podcast that you have. Sure. I'm Sebastian Gonzalez and I've been in practice for about 10 years now. And uh, I practice very similar to uh, Dr. Christie probably two years ago, because I think we're in podcast like one, gosh, we're probably like 140 or something like that. Oh. So about two years ago, I started this podcast. Originally, it, I was driving home from this clinic where I was running space from, and I was trying to start a satellite clinic there. Mm-hmm. And so I learned some things there, and I didn't want to forget it. And at the same time, I was doing some shadowing with um, a, a couple docs, and I'm like, oh, they got some good stuff. I don't want to forget it. And so I recorded it in my car, and it was on the little headphone jack and so on. And I don't remember why, but I decided that I would make a podcast out of it. And they were, they were terrible audio. They were all that kind of stuff. So now it's called the Restore and Human Movement podcast. We're going on about 150 strong, and that's not even including those little crummy ones that were in the beginning. So if I got an official microphone. I'm jealous of your microphone, though. <laughs> we both but, got decent setups. I like it. Yeah. You know, so one time I was listening to this podcast on, at the time where I started, I was I had a coffee business as well. And so I was listening to this coffee podcast and I was on a plane at the time and it was by a, a pretty big coffee distributing vendor. Okay. And they could have done a really good job on audio. And I was, I couldn't even hear, I couldn't hear it over the hum of the engine. I had to go like this. I had to hold it into my ears to get it. Mm-hmm. And I was so frustrated and thinking the only media that we're doing on podcasting is audio. Mm-hmm. We better have damn good audio. Yeah, it's huge. And obviously, even when you're shooting video, that's one of the things people say is that the audio has to be good. But at least with video, you're getting two inputs. If you're doing a podcast and your audio sucks, like that's kind of that defeats the purpose. <laughs> right. It's a pain for people. I think it's a breaking point, you know? It is. I listen to a lot of podcasts and I've there's like one I listened to where the guy... Uh, you know, he tends to breathe real heavy and he's, <laughs> yeah. And it's like an interview one. And it's just like, he's, you know, like, I'm like, God, I can't, I can't deal with <laughs> the audio is important. If you're going to have an audio podcast. So. Right. I've tried to break up the ums and likes and I started hearing some of mine. I'm like, damn, I really, I really do that. And there was a one time where I was a heavy breather and I recorded the whole podcast again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, my podcast producer gives me some tips throughout and I ask him and stuff like that. So it's definitely a work in progress. I'm nowhere near perfect. But uh, one of the things that I found interesting too was, uh, you know, I spoke at Parker Vegas this year. I saw that. I really wished I was, I was not there, but I would have loved to see you. It was really a good experience and uh, it went well. I did well. I, I'm happy with how I did and I got a lot of good feedback. But what I realized too was that I've done so much podcasting that I'm kind of used to talking now and I'm used to the content. Like I know the content. And so I think there was some carryover to that. And I also think even in private practice, so obviously that the point of this particular show is going to be, is a local podcast, a marketing opportunity for a chiropractor. And I think it can be, and you've proven that. But one of the things that I've realized too, is that we communicate with patients all day long. We know this material. So if you're going to have a local podcast on something that's obviously related to health and and the chiropractic field, you're probably going to be pretty good at it as long as you get over the fear of some of it and work on some of the ums and ahs and 
and get good at maybe asking questions, but you probably should be good at asking questions if you've been in practice, right? That's what we do all day. Mm-hmm. And so I think there's a lot of carryover with it, with podcasting and public speaking and in your practice. So uh, I think it's an interesting translation to, to the different mediums. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, I actually had a I had someone who who reached out to me who had bought a couple of the digital products that I had. His name was Alec, in case you're listening. Mm-hmm. He was very interesting in regards to our feedback and interaction on things because he tends to work with, um, I don't want to say underprivileged children, but um, maladapted children, or people people going through foster families and so on, you know? And so um, he, he communicates with them well. His job is to, to be a professional communicator. So going through listening to some of the podcast interviews, he's like, I see that you're, you could have asked a better question here, you know, or like you skipped right by um, an opportunity to really get deeper here. And so I told him that like through patient care, like I, I really want to, like my goal is to develop a relationship. Number one with the patient is obviously, and obviously they're there to get some type of help, which Mm -hmm. I'm, I need to troubleshoot it as well. And I also need to document at the same time. So there's kind of like, there's, there's skill sets that we're building through podcasting is I have to pay attention enough to you, uh, enough to you to make sure that I'm going to respond to the thing that you asked, yeah. but also too to listen to your cues about what it was that you actually said that is important. Like, Hey, I got a red sports car and you're excited about it. So I'm listening to the, you're excited about it. Hey, Kevin, that sounds really exciting. Tell me more about that. Not, Hey, what color red is it? So there's deeper questions that people can ask. And I know that through patient interaction, I tend to see what the flow is on people. And some of them don't allow the documentation to occur mm-hmm. and the in interaction to occur because um, it's just not working. And so at that point, I put my laptop away and I commit it to memory because yeah. it's, it's most important to have the person to uh, engage with you, you know? Yes. And I, I think it's a huge point. I, I did the same thing because I had a patient call me out once for typing while she was talking. Hmm. And I, and I was like, you know what, you're right. And I just said it to her. So I turned myself around and faced her directly instead of to the side. And I didn't type, I just listened. And then I would listen and then say, okay, I'm going to write that down. You know, I kind of would take a little bit of a break to do that. And I think we fall into the problem of we're always worried about what we're going to say next or type next or whatever. And we're not actually listening to the person. So mm-hmm. that's a, that's definitely a problem as well. So. well. I find that at least with podcasting, it's a good opportunity to break up the skills because we're all improving our skills. Mm-hmm. I mean, crap, I can't even type without I'm a three finger pecker, you know? Yeah. So, but I'm not going to work on that when I'm talking to you right now mm-hmm. and I'm not trying to troubleshoot your posture right now. So I can just talk to you like a human, you know? Yeah, I think chiropractors can get really good at podcasting and asking questions and listening. And I think that's one of the things that people are fearful of. Mm -hmm. Um, And I wanted to sit down and address some of those fears first was, okay, there's probably technology fears. There's definitely hearing their own voice fears, coming up with ideas, interviewing people, asking for interviews. But you can just pick those hurdles apart. And one of the ones I just don't want to be a hurdle for a chiropractor is their concern of being able to interview someone or talk about something. If they do a solo episode, talk about it because inherently they're going to be good. If they're younger doc and they're just out of school, maybe it's a little more of a challenge, but again, I think it's going to be something you got to come over that fear. And if you do it, it's going to make you better at public speaking. It's going to make you better at communicating with your patients. It's going to be better at meeting people in the community when you're not even interviewing them, but you're just talking, right? So I think mm-hmm. there's a lot of kind of byproducts of having a podcast. At least I've found that. 
Yeah, I think there's and there's definitely I mean, we can go tangent topic on a bunch of these things that you get from podcasting, but the short answer is I think you're right. And for the most part, I know that for me, so you have your format is a I'm hour hour plus format. You're uh you're shorter. Shorter, yeah. Usually so and I alternate. I'm interview based and I'm usually in the 30 to 40, 25 to 40 minutes and then I do solo ones that can be anywhere from 10 to 20 minutes. Oh, perfect. Mm-hmm. And so I think if people take that approach though and and think about you know, like the, the most menacing thing to start a book is seeing the size of the book. Mm-hmm. And so with a podcast, it's like, I, if, first off, your first 10 are going to be throwaway. Yep. I would probably go more of the route of a typical conversation that you have that you feel really good about. Mm-hmm. And I tend to talk to my patients about loading, like they like about Dan John principles and like push, pull, carry, squat, blah, blah, blah. Right. And uh, it tends to keep going. It's it's literally like a 30-minute conversation plus if we went down the route and I didn't say, look, someone's standing there, let me go. So I made one just the other day on that. And it was an hour because I can talk about it for an hour. Mm-hmm. But I already knew the topic. Yep. And so it was simple. So I think if people focus on the topics that they talk about frequently and the conversations they have frequently, they don't need to think twice about it, but they get better at that conversation. Oh, yeah. And they can listen and say, look, I." when you listen to yourself on the recording, it's like, well, my analogy about X, Y, and Z is not very strong there. Maybe I make it more relatable for this person. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're working with a ballerina, but you're talking about, uh, say like a 13 year old ballerina, you're talking about sports cars, or you're talking about like investing in the stock market as an analogy. It's like, it doesn't make any sense. So you got to find analogies that work for different types of people. Mm-hmm. And so I figured out recently that, so I had a group of two people in here recently and uh, I, I forget what the cue was, but it was, everything was something to the effect of act like the weight is 500 pounds, respect it. Like it's 500 pounds, but it was like 20. Right. Mm-hmm. And so the girl didn't tend to, she kept like moving the weight over her face and her body and like using it with one hand. I said, what, I said, what did I say? 500 pounds. I'm telling you 500 pounds for a reason. And, um, we're close. So I said, how come this cue isn't working for you? Mm-hmm. And she says, I don't know. And I said, you know what? I'm like, earlier I had my mother in and I said the same thing and she wasn't responding either. And so the guy there says, maybe your cue is gender specific. I said, that's probably a good point. Mm -hmm. And so maybe now I can work on podcasting with cleaned up my cues for genders. Mm -hmm. And so it's stuff that people can really improve their practice and communication with patients just by troubleshooting on their own, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. And that's why I think it's great for, you know, obviously my podcast is more, for chiropractors. So it's not a local based one. I had the modern desk jockey and my intention with that was also more, I had a pretty wide ranging group of people listening in throughout the world. But then I started doing some episodes where it was more community based and I would interview someone that was local, but obviously in the topic of corporate wellness and, and kind of desk health. But I do agree that as a chiropractor doing it locally, it's going to force you to get really good at, a, at knowing the topic and knowing how to communicate it well and mm-hmm. kind of working through some of that. And that's exciting, I think, for people. And you can learn, right? Like sometimes it forces you to maybe read something that's pertaining to a topic you're going to discuss. And so if you if you put the effort in to do a podcast on a topic, like let's just say the shoulder, you're probably going to want to touch up on a few things and you're going to get real clear on the communication so that you do a good job on the podcast. And then 
like when Mary's in your office next time, you're going to do a better job of communicating what's wrong with that shoulder, right? Yeah, I totally agree. And also too, like the local stuff, it's like now you have a, a backend route into networking as well. Yep. And so the people you meet, I would I'd probably say the biggest benefit of, of me podcasting so far is just the people you meet. Yes. Like I've, I've had people that I've had McGill on, I've had Dan John on, I've had you on, I've had multiple people on where probably other chiropractors like us would literally pay thousands of dollars just to speak to these people for an hour. And so I have money. I have money email now, you know, I can, I can ask them about random shit. And so it's nice to build like a stellar network, but also too, I think you build clout by, so say your patients maybe have seen that you interviewed uh, this person and they're like, wow, that person, holy shit. Like you have the connection with that person. Maybe you do know what you're talking about. And so I think there's a lot of benefits that people can obviously have um, for the local chiropractor, though, that is maybe doesn't have enough time to get into the research about what they want to say and they don't feel comfortable talking about it. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's a problem with talking about your personal experience, mm-hmm. right? I had a shoulder problem. I tried this, this, and this. I've had three patients that tried this, this, and this. It worked with two, but not one. This is what you can expect when you come in to see us. And I guess... Um, I want tangent topic again. No, that that was perfect. And that's one of the biggest things. I'm going to go back and touch on what you said about interviewing some people that you would have paid to have to interview otherwise. And that's one thing I always say about podcasting is that it's kind of like a Trojan horse to get into meeting really good people and interviewing really good people. And you're the one doing the interview. So you're going to tend to ask some questions maybe that are also self-serving, but obviously you're serving your audience too. But mm-hmm. it, it definitely does that. And it's going to do that in their community. Like they'll be able to reach out to some MDs and some attorneys and some uh, gym owners and the Pilates studio and the yoga instructor and like, you know, the acupuncturist, all the different people in some sort of health and wellness and reach out to do an interview with them. I think that's a great way of building a network in your community. You're going to build reciprocity. And then to touch on the next one that you talked about was the association, right? Like, oh, he's interviewing that uh, orthopedic surgeon that everybody knows in the community. That's pretty cool. He must really be, you know, on that level. And so you're going to really build a lot of good um, association expertise, really, right? Mm -hmm. It's kind of what you were saying. So I think there's many reasons why to do it. And that's, those are a couple of good ones. Yeah. I think there's there's definitely been a lot of benefits to podcasting. Uh, obviously, public speaking is one. You know, the uh, uh, rapport with other providers is another. But I know that I, I mean, just for me, anyways, like the pure aspect of like starting it was it was it was self serving that I didn't have to have the same conversation over again. And um, it's not always that that patients are going to to listen to that part uh, or listen to the thing that you created. But for the most part. I think it's only fair to give them all the information that, that you thought relevant to that topic without having to, to give it when you rush to another room with another person. Mm-hmm. And so I make those available to people. I'm almost thinking now there's, there's only one podcast where I've considered doing this with is that after I saw that when you go on to, uh, if you go on to Lee Draper, you can see that you can pay to hear Greg Cook talk for 10 minutes about blah, blah, blah. It's just audio. And I did buy something recently off there. And after I bought it, 
I watched it till the very end and I watched it twice. And I think there's something about skin in the game too. And, and I don't want to charge my patients to hear me talk about something that they can hear me talk about free, yep. but typically they don't do it if it's free. Mm-hmm. And so say, Hey, pay five bucks, listen to this thing. And, and I'm hoping that the outcome is better for them. You know, definitely paid well, definitely. Uh, what do they say? If you pay, you pay attention. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, it has to hurt enough. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. But, uh, you know, the other thing too, is a person could, the chiropractor could just choose to only do solo episodes and that's fine. You're not going to necessarily get that network effect that we talked about, but you're still generating good content. They could choose to alternate like I do on this show where I do some solo and I do some interview or they could choose to just do interview based. And then if they're going to do some interviews, another idea that I think is good, and then you can kind of give me some input is um, if your patients give you the clearance, you could interview the patient, you know, you can interview mm-hmm. success stories on what they did and how it worked and how they got their life back or whatever. Is it, do you think that's a pretty good idea? I do. Um, obviously they're going to have to sign away some of the rights, but yep. I do, or you can make it anonymous or you can always make it anonymous, but you could do a solo episode anonymous too. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I think those are good. Like, um, I don't know your experience with, um, with this type of thing, but so recently over the past couple months, I've been taking more phone calls. I'll call them back and say, Hey Joe, you called my office about this. Tell me about that. And so I'll get them talking a little bit and so on. And, um, I remember I had someone just recently that they left an email about all the things that they've tried. Mm-hmm. This gentleman, I did not get on the phone, but I left a message. And so typically when they, when they call, they say, well, what's included in that first exam? You know, they want all the, the line item things. And yeah. in the past I told them and, and uh, but at the same time, that doesn't spur them to make a decision to come into your office. Mm-hmm. And so this person, I just said, look, we had a case just like you, we did X, Y, and Z. It was based upon what we found on them. They were 75% better in a week. They were 90% better in two. You can't expect this exact result, but this is what we tend to find. Book an appointment if you'd like. So I booked an appointment. I didn't even talk to the person after that. But the point is it's storytelling. And so I think the more in-depth you get with these people's stories via podcast or personal interview, you're you're going to have more specific details you can recall very specifically and say confidently. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a a really major part of it, you know, speaking with confidence. And if you're wishy-washy, then then people tend to not believe you. And I think rightfully so. Yeah. I mean, that's a good point too, is you, you're going to develop confidence in your communication. And that's the, that's the kiss of death for chiropractors is when they're, when they're not confident in what they're saying to patients, you know, they need that confidence in you and they need, they need to feel like you can guide them to where they need to get to for sure. Right. I know that there was practice management groups that go around and don't they say like, like, here's the script that you use. Mm -hmm. I don't tend to think that the scripts are really that important, but I think it's the practice of the scripts Mm -hmm. and I don't use scripts. I guess to be clear on that, but the scripting of your storytelling and making sure that you're telling a very engaging, emotionally connecting, detailed story about the condition that's very close to other persons is probably going to be very relatable to them. And they're going to think, I want to be that person in the story. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then they're going to come in and see you. But um, doing podcasts on maybe do a hip, maybe do a shoulder, maybe do a spine, maybe do a neck. And then just remember these things. And these are recall points for you. Absolutely. Perfect. Um, Let's go into a little bit of the distribution of it. So if someone were to record a local podcast, what are some of the channels they could then, um, I know earlier before we started recording, you talked about your podcast uh, transcriber. So obviously Mm -hmm. you could transcribe the podcast and get some benefit out of that. But so start from there and then 
let's see where we can go with that. The marketing of it. Yeah. Getting it out there. I know it could be, it could be an email. Could, you know, there's a lot of stuff it can be. Yeah. So we've talked already on a, a podcast about email correspondence with people in your list. Mm-hmm. So I think that is very helpful. And for established patients, obviously you can send it out that way. I don't force emails on my patients. They're, they're opt-ins. Mm-hmm. And so um, we usually ask them after they've had a couple weeks of care, hey, care, hey do you want to be part of this list? We're going to uh, distribute X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. I put a call of action on, on those emails to say, hey, look, if you have someone else experiencing a condition like this that you know and love, send it to them, please. Mm-hmm. So that's one way. I would love to say Instagram and social media is helpful, but I have not figured the damn thing out yet. And I know you're better at Facebook than I am. So, but that <laughs> yeah, is another that's, way. That's a channel. Yeah. Um, yeah. And even like you can do the show notes transcription and then you can put that on your website and it gets some SEO. Right. So the SEO part, so the transcription, and actually I've, I've told a couple of friends to do this with their, uh, from our, our past conversations, I remember we talked about this is the content creation, like the hardest thing is just doing it. Yes. And they make all these excuses and yeah, buts and so on. So with transcription, uh, obviously we're, we're positioning this first as a, as a podcast format. You can send it to a transcriber, which you can do a very cheap one for 10 cents a minute, or you could do 90 cents a minute accelerated. You'll get it in a couple minutes type of thing. Mm-hmm. And those are per recorded minutes. Typically I would pay a, around 60 cents per transcribed minute and they would de- turn out pretty darn good. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wasn't in a rush for them because I'm typically way ahead. So I've found transcribers on Upwork. I've done them on Scribe. I've recently used Temi, which is an automated one, which I I like what they deliver, but I don't want the final product, which is a little bit complicated there. But for the most part, you do just dump those onto your website and you get some great SEO with it. And if you want to take that, and if you really wanted to make a killer article on this thing, you send that to someone who's a copywriter and say, can you please make this pretty, you know, and relatable because half of our, if I don't know about your transcriptions, but mine are like chopped up sentences in conversational form. Right. But I think that it's, it's something to work from. And I know that from a, uh, I don't, we didn't talk about this last time we talked is that, so I recently did an article, it was on the symptom of periscapular pain or mid back burning. So I know what I wanted to write in relay, but I didn't have a personal aspect to it. So I interviewed two people just uh, on the phone and wrote down everything they said. And the stories they came up with were, uh, and the symptom generators were extremely unique some girl said that the pain increased as she backpacked. And as soon as she took her backpack off, it got rid of it. And every downward step down the mountain increased it with her foot contact. Mm -hmm. Another girl said that it felt like there was a hand bore boring into her shoulder blade as she slept. And so these are describers that it's like when patients read this, they're like, holy shit, this person knows exactly what I'm talking about, Mm -hmm. you know? And so by these interview processes, you can clean these darn things up. And and obviously SEO is a benefit of it. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think we both know that the creation of a page is not an indication that it will rank. So those are the contributing factors in there too. No, No, it makes sense. And then you can even, from a repurposing standpoint too, you could even shoot a video that you use for your YouTube and you can actually take the audio from that. You can strip the audio from the video and that could be a podcast. So sometimes I've done that to where I've taken the videos we did for the virtual summit and I just strip the audio and turn that into a podcast. And so maybe 
if you're out there and you're shooting videos or Facebook lives, you can do that as well. Obviously you want to check that audio to make sure, make sure you want to make sure you have good audio on your videos. <laughs> so if you, if you take that step, then the audio should be fine uh, for the podcast. So you can obviously kind of redistribute some of the content there, but um, yeah, you could, you could theoretically shoot a video mm-hmm. and then take that, a lot of times make that a podcast, then transcribe that and clean it up. And it's a blog article you put on your website and then it's an email and then you can run a Facebook ad or post it in your business page and boost it, like all the different things you can do Mm -hmm. uh, to make that happen, obviously Instagram and, and everything. And so there's definitely a lot of options of once you create that one piece of content, now you have a bunch of others and it's going to really get some good distribution. Yeah. And I think the part which we probably won't cover too much is that I think your titling and your description and how you frame the end all product is important because if the podcast was about how I beat back pain and I should tell you to share it and you don't have back pain, why would you share it? Because you didn't have back pain. You know, so there's there's different ways to position these things of creative writing or copywriting yep. that I think these still need to be addressed. And this is, I'm sure this is why that you guys have your uh, chiropractic business success academy. <laughs> yeah. We try to ha- you know help out with that type of stuff because it does get overwhelming if you're, uh-huh. you know, there's a lot of people out there that um, create content we see on the internet and stuff, but, but they don't really do much outside of that, right? Like they're not treating patients 30, 40 hours a week and then doing patient notes and then trying to do all this other stuff. So we have to really try to make sure it's easy to consume and make it happen for sure. So, yeah. And I think that is a challenging thing for all these, like for, I mean, for docs that are still seeing patients and probably a strong majority of us, or at least your listeners here, it's menacing to think, especially when you have kids and a wife and you have all these other things you want to do that, that these are things you have to do as well. So it's more on your plate, but I really don't think it's that challenging like last week, I recorded three podcasts. Uh, today, I'm interviewing with you, and I did one right before we came in. And I can guarantee within like, so I don't see, an, I don't have a patient coming in until uh, about an hour from now. I'll be done editing the podcast, uh, the other one, mm-hmm. by the time that person walks in the door. And so I'll be, I'll be done for eight weeks here, and I don't have to touch it again. But you can just simply start just by audio dictating to a yeah, to, through your phone. Go through your kind of process of what you do. That'd be great. So I used to do it in the car, which was easier because it was in transit and I could double dip. Now, as you can see, I've got a big old mic, I got a mixer and so on because I want to make sure yeah. the audio is good. So typically, I don't have a large agenda on the editorial calendar um, unless I see something in the future. And then we have something coming in about a couple of weeks here on mine. So I've already framed three of the five weeks of that one and I put them together so I can bulk distribute them. Mm-hmm. However, everything else is just kind of what I'm interested in. And what I see people asking about, I had a couple of people reach out recently about uh, website stuff. Mm-hmm. And they're like, I don't know how to create my website for a business. And how do you have so many people following you or uh, so many people going to your page and so on. So I might create something on that. Okay. Or I have an intern coming in talking about X, Y, and Z. So that's basically topic creation. Mm-hmm. Um, or I might have written an article recently and I kind of hit on that. Mm-hmm. The process of creating it, I actually have, uh, you record on Zoom, right? I do interviews on Zoom, but I do my solos on Audacity. Got it. I also use Zoom for interview. I don't use it for solos. I just record straight to a a recorder. Mm -hmm. Uh, I use a Roland R5. Okay. There's other things you can use, obviously, and I wish this one had an XLR port into it, so I would just do it at home, but apparently Mm -hmm. I'm doing it here. 
I'm in the studio when I do that. So I tend to take these ones and I send them out to my garage band on a Mac. Mm-hmm. And I record the intro uh, later. And the sequence of how I throw it in a garage band is number one, I take out a snippet that is the most interesting snippet of the entire thing, which is a good uh, highlight of what happens. Okay. Just a, just a hook interest. Mm-hmm. Then there's our standard intro. It's about 10 seconds. Then there's me introing and just doing housekeeping and so on. And I usually uh, say, here's the purpose of the podcast. Here's who you should be listening to, or here's what it, who should be listening to it for what purpose. And by the way, here's like a couple minute segment about how you can learn about your host. Cause I believe that people like Jay Leno or Conan or Letterman for a reason, they don't like all of them. They like one. Yeah. And so that's developing personality. Then we go to the content and we do exit and that's kind of it. Mm-hmm. There's only a few call to actions in there based upon what we're trying to do. Yeah. But as an export at a garage band, I go straight into, um, it's called Audiophoric, A-U-P-H-O-N-I-C. It's an online leveler. Okay. So that levels the audio because if you guys have ever listened to podcasts where like one person has a really good mic and the other person is like in the wind and shit and like they yep. just don't like they're speaking very mousy. So this will tend to address that. Mm-hmm. And then I upload on Liberated Syndications. I send it out to Temi. Temi does an automated transcription, which then it'll go. I had my past intern who is starting his practice said, hey, you, hey, you want to make, make a little extra money. Okay. And so I had him go through and fix the transcription. So then I upload right on the page. I don't have to touch it again. Everything's in Google Drive. And every show episode has its own page. Unless for some reason I thought that topic is not useful enough via SEO for me to even waste money and time on transcription. And that's rarer, but but it will happen. So I just created one on sports hernias just before we talked. Okay. I bet if you look up sports hernias, right, currently I rank really well for the just term sports hernia everywhere. Okay. And so I bet within, by the time this thing launches, it'll probably be top five to top 10 on just if you Google search sports hernia. <laughs> so it helps out with SEO as well. That's beautiful. Uh, a few things on that. Yeah, GarageBand is really good if you have Apple. If you don't, that's why I use Audacity because I don't have Apple. So it's just a different program, similar function. Libsyn, Liberated Sync, which said is L-I-B-S-Y-N. That's what we use. Um, I obviously for this podcast have a producer, so I just really got to record it and, and he gets everything done. But I think for a local one, that's you know you're not really trying to necessarily directly monetize it. You don't necessarily need to spend a lot of money to do it. I think it could be done and you, you want to make sure that you remove all the friction points for sure. And it sounds like you've done that. And I want to make sure that the audience understands that what you just mentioned isn't overwhelming you to do, right? No. I mean, I'm sure there was a learning <laughs> curve. Yeah. Yeah. You find all these old things that are that you can improve on, like the upload to the leveler. It's yeah. so simple to drag and drop. It comes back in like five minutes and it costs you about like for an hour episode, it costs you $2. I mean, it's, it's there. there's almost no money in having to create these things. And I've I hired people off of Upwork and I had a person who was doing, he was an audiovisual student at one of the universities in Canada. And so he did it for, I think, a 715 episode. Nice. And just the only problem with, it, with this, and this is just with everybody that you work with, I'm sure in your office, as well as everybody else works with outside, everyone has to understand your pace. And so I'm eight weeks ahead of time. I don't want to think about it. Yeah. And so this guy, he did good work, but it would be like two days prior to the release. And I say, where's the episode? Yeah. You know, 
So finding your help and realize getting them to like, look, I want it dropped into this one file in Google Drive. And so when I look into it, it is there and I pull it out and put it in Libsyn yeah. with the transcriber. Same thing. It's like it's it's like simple direction following. Mm-hmm. And so he did an amazing job, but he was overwhelmed with school. So I yeah. think once you find your team there and you set up the system, there's really no it's not hard at all. Yeah. I don't know about you. I can do more podcast episodes in a week than I could any other type of media. Yeah, for sure. And I think for me too, and I think I can speak to a lot is it's less intimidating than video. Yes. I think video is great. And I want people doing video, but I'm just saying it, it's less intimidating than video. Yeah. No one even knows where you're wearing a poncho and a fedora yeah. right now. Yeah. Or I got my shirt off right now. Right. <laughs> Only you can see that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, um, <laughs> So, okay, perfect. That's a good process. I I just want to make sure people understand. And there's different softwares and there's all that stuff, but there's a a clear path to where you can make this happen. You know, I've gotten, I want to transition a little bit because I've gotten a lot of good feedback from your podcast. I've had a lot of people that I talk to. Your podcast is one of the ones they listen to. Chiropractors are listening to it, not just the community. So you got one of those podcasts that kind of transcends both, which is great. But what we're you know, just off the top of your head, a couple of things that you think that have been helpful for you gaining success on it for like people wanting to listen to your episodes. Um, gosh, you know, I don't know what a, the original hump was to, to get listeners, but I think I struggled really a lot in the beginning with, um, as I, as I mentioned, a lot of my original topics are ones that are more patient friendly. Mm-hmm. And I thought this would be a really good patient generator and it, and it still, it sends patients in, but as I started to create more podcasts and I realized it's an ongoing thing, it's like, how many times can I talk about the screw hole mechanism in the knee without boring myself? Mm-hmm. So I became more interested in other things. And so for that reason, I think the podcast turned into me and a doctor having a beer while a patient is listening and everything they don't understand, we clarify. Mm-hmm. And so I tend to position it as like, a place where clinicians can go to open up Pandora's box to understand that there's other things out there, other things they're trying. Mm-hmm. Also to refine their communication skills because we're also making this friendly enough in communication where patients can understand as well. Mm-hmm. So it's challenging to blend that line. And I don't think it's recommended, honestly, from a marketing standpoint, but it's where I enjoy it. Yeah. I think I've I've fallen apart a little bit with some of the business stuff that, I mean, I, I had people ask me, so I created it. But also at the same time, uh, I, in the beginning, I said, these are not patient-friendly ones, just tune in next week. Now I kind of say that like, this is a little bit more of pay, uh, when I interview people, like I interviewed Stuart McGill about like, I questioned answered like a patient. And at the end of it, I thought, I wanted to know what I wanted to know about, you know, and I wasted t- my time. So... <laughs> Now, now I'm like, screw it. I'm just going to yeah. do a little bit of both. Yeah. And maybe I'll do a recap podcast on the, on the other one later. So mm-hmm. as these are kind of divided up now, when I interview someone, it's think of it more of clinician based things that they will enjoy. Mm-hmm. But there's now ones where I just say I did the sports hernia one. And if you're on track of, and when, when they listen to it, they're like, huh, that makes complete sense. And that's how I work with patients. Mm-hmm. Well, this is intended, and I say at the very beginning, this is an educational tool for your patients to understand what the heck you're doing with them. Yeah. And so it's intended to help the clinician, and I want the clinician to share it. Mm-hmm. I know that you probably have uh, colleagues as well where you're like, hey, go to this one seminar. It'll really help you, and they never go. Yeah. And this goes for years and years and years. So for clinicians listening to it, I say, look, 
if you resonate well with this thing and you think, holy shit, I wish my other clinicians knew about this too, my friends, like I want them to know so they can treat like this. Yeah. Use this tool to bait them a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, or this interview rather, because we're all trying to get better. Yep. And I think when you don't expand that, like we're all stuck in our offices, just kind of tinkering with the same things. We don't expand that. We don't even see each other half the time, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think it's needed to expand Pandora's box anyways, but uh, I don't know if I actually answered the question. No, you did. That was, that was good. <laughs> but you, and you just had the unique circumstances of yours is kind of transcended to where it's not just for patients, it's for clinicians and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But it was understanding your audience too, right? Like if, if you're a chiropractor doing just a local audience, you're going to want to gear your questions and your conversations to the layperson versus to the expert, right? Like you could have, you could have interviewed Stu McGill two separate times. You Mm -hmm. could have done it one for patients and one for chiropractors or doctors in general. It would have been two completely different questions and answers, right? Like if Stu knew he was talking to an audience of patients, he wouldn't use the same terminology if he thought he was talking to a group of chiropractors, right? Mm -hmm. To kind of piggyback on that, if you're a chiropractor doing a local podcast, make sure that you know your audience are the lay people and that your guest and you know that and that the terminologies and the communication is geared towards that person, which again, going back to what we talked about earlier is going to help you. I think one of the biggest mistakes clinicians make in practice is they use words and analogies, like you mentioned, or certain things that just goes right over their head and it it gets no traction to what they're saying. And so make sure you understand that. Another thing I wanted to mention, and we can speak to both, don't even worry about your downloads if you're going to do this, right? Like you're not, right. going, to, you're not going to be Tim Ferriss. <laughs> you're yeah. not going to get, <laughs> you're not going to get all these commercial sponsors and make tons of money every month off it. So just forget about the download part of it. Don't worry about that. I know early on I did, I don't, I haven't even looked at my downloads in probably two months, which I probably should do more often, but <laughs> um, you know, it's just like, I didn't want to get that. Like, I know I'm not going to be Joe Rogan or anything. So just those two things. One, know your audience. Two, don't worry about the downloads. Yeah, I completely agree with that. And especially if you're if you're looking to make a local dent anyways, if you just had a hundred people in your local community listening to this darn thing, like you're better off. And on that uh, know your audience thing, just one way you guys can maybe foster the question. You can ask your patients what they want to hear about. Or second is you just go simply onto Google. And I just did this for you guys. I typed in low back pain. You scroll down about quarter of the page and it says, people also ask, uh-huh. how do I relieve my low back pain? What causes low back pain? Can lower back pain be cancer? Can lower back pain be serious? And so these are things people are really legitimately wondering about. Yeah, These are probably questions that your patients are thinking, but might not ask too. So maybe start there and just answer all those things. Those are pretty simple things, right? That's a good one. I like that. I always use the other one too, where people have a hard time creating content. Chiropractors are like, well, what your patients ask you great questions. So next time you're in the treatment room and John asks you a great question and you give them a great answer, I go over to my editor note and I just jot down. I was like, okay, this could be an email or it could be a podcast, right? Again, you, would, you wouldn't say John maybe, or you'd get John's permission, but either way you could say, we had a patient with XYZ and he asked this amazing question. And then this is what we talked about. And so you, you use your patient's kind of as your muse a lot of times. Yeah. They'll usually give, they'll guide you the right direction. And I think even if you dig down into uh, like the nitty gritty of things, you're going to figure out that 
unless it's severe pain, mm-hmm. I don't even think that like, I think minor aches and pains or tightness, it won't, it doesn't drive them to become a, a patient or a seek care unless it's stopping them from doing something like, it's like, you know, I couldn't, I know people always default to kids. It's like, I couldn't pick up my kids, but really like yeah. I've had people to say, I can't have, se- I haven't had sex with my wife in three months, Yep. you know? Yep. Yep. And so there's, there's things that will drive them for care yep. and you never know what it is unless you ask. So absolutely. Cool. I think we tackled a lot of, it. is there anything else you think that a chiropractor wanting to do a local podcast would need to know or benefit from hearing? Mm, uh, they might fuss about their branding or the name a little yeah. bit. So I'm guessing you're probably going to say the same thing as me. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Again, I mean, some of the podcasts that are super popular have terrible names, right? Or right. Just, you know, <laughs> like the Tim, what is it? Tim Ferriss show. I was like, oh, that's pretty basic, but Tim Ferriss has some names. So maybe you, you have a decent name in your community and you want to do that, or maybe you want to name it after your practice or you got other ideas, you know, like you have a great name. It tells exactly, it's a descriptor. I like descriptors, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, like I, when I kind of pull off the curtains a little bit with the modern chiropractic marketing show, that's why I named it. Right. It's a descriptor. People know that they're going to get marketing for chiropractors and it's not going to be 1980s <laughs> right <laughs> doing a, doing a health you know doing a posture screening at a trade show so um, and in modern can be you know modern in 2019 is what it is and 2025 modern it just transcends like it's you know yeah. uh, well like, you ever notice when you look around the street like everyone's got these new fancy signs of these businesses and it says like this one place is called revive. You know, it's like, what does that even mean? You drive down the street and you're like, I'm hungry. And you look up and you see tacos and you're like, I know exactly what this place is about. And they probably got burritos too. You know, I don't think we have to be too creative with these things. No. And that's, that's the thing. And even when people, we're not going to get into it, but even when chiropractors are naming their clinics, like it's, you know, there's, there's reasons why you do and do not do certain things. So cool. Well, I think that was helpful. I'm going to dive into it a little bit more. Uh, I'm going to get this podcast out, get some feedback from everybody. And then I'm sure you and I will be chatting soon. Yes, sir. Well, thank you so much for having me. Before I let you go, I want to give you three ways that we could potentially work together and helping growing your practice. First is the Chiropractic Success Academy. And it's a online academy with a closed Facebook group, a monthly Zoom call as a group. And we really work through a lot of key aspects of growing your business, such as marketing, business, the clinical side of things, and also the mindset. And we have a great academy built out with all kinds of information you'd want that you can go through at your own pace. We have, for new members, a kind of a game plan of following these first set of modules so you don't get overwhelmed and then go from there. We bounce ideas around in the Facebook group. You have some access to myself and Dr. Bobby Maybe, And you can find that at bit.ly, B-I-T L-Y slash your CSA circle. So that's number one way you can work with me. Number two, another way we can work together is through the CSA retreat we're having in Portland, Oregon. And that's going to be June 21st to 23rd. And that's where we're going to really dive one-on-one live as a group and get into the details of growing your practice. And we've got some special guests coming to that, Dr. Josh Satterley, Dr. Aaron Jorgensen. And you can find that at bit.ly.ly slash CSA retreat. And then lastly, we're doing so I'm doing some one-on-one coaching. I've got uh, some chiropractors we're working with. If you're interested in that, where you have a coach and you have someone holding you accountable and we get really clear on the modern chiropractic marketing principles. And that is the coaching is MCM mastery. 
And if you're interested in that, you can go to bit.ly slash MCM coach, and you can check out that information or contact me at Kevin at modern and I can discuss it more with you. So hope those are some ways where you think we can work together and help grow together. And I appreciate everything that I've learned from you. And I love sharing some of the stuff I've been able to learn through interviewing people and doing this for 15 years in private practice. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Modern Chiropractic Marketing Show with Dr. Kevin Christie. Tune in next week for another episode that will enhance your marketing, business, and practice growth. Also, don't forget to subscribe to Dr. Christie's Modern Desk Jockey podcast and share it with your desk-sitting patients. In the Modern Desk Jockey, Dr. Christie provides health and wellness best practices from some of the leading experts in the corporate wellness industry. Remember, chiropractic practice isn't easy, but it shouldn't be overwhelming. Keep leveling up.